Yo, 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 what's up, my man? Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here. I'm really excited to share this interview with Corey Huddleston. Corey is a member of my mastermind or my group of Christian business owners that I am uh, very involved in, and they've been instrumental in my growth the last couple of years, uh, building my business and just becoming the man of God that I, I feel called to be. And Corey has been in men's ministry for a very, very long time. He is incredibly experienced. He's networked. He's really uh, articulated a message that is very important. And at the time of this recording, his show is not out yet, but he's about to have a show uh, that's going to be in front of an audience of, of, we're talking um, over a million people every week, called The Bro Show. He's going to talk more about that. Uh, I think by the time this is coming out, his show will have already launched. And so you can go check him out there. But this was a really interesting discussion. This was um, a very candid interview. So very conversational. We talked about politics. Um, We talked about, uh, you know, um, how to be a man in in the 21st century in this day and age. We talked a little bit about fatherhood and what it's like to kind of take care of kids in a a day and age where, um, you know, society is, let's just say, not making it easy, especially if you're more conservative leaning. Uh, We talked about all these kinds of things. And it was a very robust interview. He's got a lot of interesting thoughts. He's a very um, well thought through individual, put it that way. And I think you're going to be inspired and maybe even a little bit challenged by some of the stuff we talked about today in a really good way. So I know you're going to benefit from it. You know, sometimes we bring guests on who are experts in their field. We get really narrow on a subject and we go deep. This is more one of those interviews where we are chatting, we're talking about a bunch of different things. He and I really had a good chemistry and so I think you're going to enjoy this. I think you're going to learn a lot and I hope that you'll come out of this a little bit more like the man God made you to be. So without further ado, let's jump in. Here's my interview with Corey Huddleston. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts? all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right, I'm here with my man, Corey Huddleston. And Corey, you and I are running business together, running for the kingdom of God, Really, uh, very both high impact people, and you have uh, an incredible passion for helping men. So it's great to have you here, man. Welcome to the show, Sophia. Thank you for having me, man. First of all, uh, the more I've gotten to know you, obviously we share um, a lot of time together inside of the King's Brotherhood. But uh, I've, I've watched you kind of, you know, do your thing, man, and the impact that you're having on men on a, you know, a somewhat sensitive subject. It's probably not to you at this point because you're you know, so deep into it, man. And you've gone like head yeah. first into it and kind of brought that on as this thing. But it's so cool to see somebody with your character, dude, and you're like your fortitude, the thing that you have inside of you uh, going out there and leading the charge on a subject that is literally devastating men, you know, um, and women and families. I mean, it really is like a, it's a critical aspect of uh, our odd culture today, you know? <laughs> so man, know. thank you, you know, so. Oh, that's really kind, man. I, I appreciate it. So uh, other than having the perfect voice to speak to men, because dude, you have like the manliest voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Why are you so passionate about about reaching out to men and, and helping them? Oh, dude, that's a great question. Um, 
Well, I think a lot of it, you know, I've, I've actually asked myself that question quite a bit. I think, you know, growing up, my dad and I weren't like super close. And I, you know, um, my, so my mom and dad, my mom was 16 years old when I was born. My dad was 18. And so, Whoa. you know, I think it's typical of a lot of people's stories where it's like, oh, my dad, da, 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 he didn't give me the thing, you know, but I had this really interesting thing happen in 2020. So I went to my hometown for Christmas, a place called Amarillo, Texas. Um, I, you know, went and brought my kids, my wife and everything. We went out to go visit my dad for, you know, one morning and just were like, hey, what's going on? He had just built this 3,000 square foot, uh, like metal building where he was like, hey, when I retire, he's very successful, but more of a bureaucrat, right? He's kind of got, he worked for a <laughs> nuclear missile facility, wow, but he, okay. he was very high up there. He would go and lobby for, uh, you know, money and things like that to help keep operations going and things like that. But, um, Anyway, and this is a guy who I always, who, as I became to understand identity, you know, throughout my faith, because I didn't, I wasn't a Christian my whole life and that wasn't until my mid twenties, but uh, okay. I began to understand this concept of identity. And I saw that my dad had found his identity and what he did for a living. And that had become everything. He was trying to earn his place in this world. Right. And something he said, he said, Hey, when I retire, this is where I'm going to spend all of my time. Hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, like, I got this call maybe two months later um, and he had been in the hospital for a couple of days. I didn't know uh, he was having his heart rebuilt. I drove to Amarillo um, and uh, ended up, he ended up dying in that, you know what I'm saying? At 61 years old. And like, since that time I've had like this tremendous amount of like, uh, I don't know, something like that. Just it like catalyzes this path for you. You know what I'm saying? And there, there's oh, yeah. this interesting point that I've figured out between when you lose something and when it becomes real right and then it's like this gap or the shift moment that happens and if you know how to analyze you know how to like acknowledge it it can be some of the most fertile ground for someone you know and it doesn't have to be a death it could be a relationship it could be a job it could be anything anything that has like a substantial place in your life until when it becomes normal there's this like period of like stretching and growth and awareness and emotion which i'm not prone to feeling too much or i you know i try to you know push it out a little bit uh yeah. but i'm becoming more and more where i can catalyze that but anyway i can look back now and understand that a lot of that relationship that i had with my dad was actually something that probably he struggled with in his own life because my dad's parents were very um you know, just like they didn't really give him a lot of affection and love i think my grandfather was a bit verbally and physically abusive you know toward him he never really talked about it i didn't know him very well actually my dad or my grandpa too much but uh and you know looking back at all that and then you know with my mom like her dad when she was born she was one of five children her and my aunt were twins born on that he he left you know and then like one of the things that i always grew up with was this like kind of like who is this guy like i didn't know who he was i didn't know where he was i didn't know what he looked like i didn't know anything about him you know and there was yeah. this weird sense of like you're out in public and you're always seeing guys that you think might be him and you're like dude that would be weird if this was him you know because he had like resemblances or whatever else and it was like this interesting thing but i saw the devastation of the impact that him doing that to a family had caused and they grew up in abject yeah. poverty plus the the identity that comes and comes into a family that you see on the back end of that as a child of a, of a family you know who who has been abandoned by their own father you know and it comes to find out later this guy 
um, he had ended up having a whole other family of five kids that he left. And then he went and started another family of three kids or two kids, I think. And he stayed with them, but it was like, they both, they both ended up like, you know, homosexual and some other stuff, you know? And so not yeah. judging, but yeah. I'm just saying like, that's not normal, right. That it comes out that way. Yeah. Um, so there was definitely some sins of the father stuff going on there. And I've seen on, you know, both sides of my family, dude, divorces all the way back to my grandparents and maybe before that, you know? So, I mean, there was just a lot going on there. And I was like, dude, what in the heck, man? You know? And it was like, I struggled and desired to become and know. And I think a lot of guys will resonate with this is there's this like drive inside of us. If you're worth your salt, man, you know, to go become and to do and to see and to like, what is this thing that I have inside of me? And what, like, what do I have the capacity to be and do, you know, and you're looking, if you don't grow up with someone who actually gives a rip about helping you discover that, yeah, you know, and like, it, it can be very daunting on a, on a man, I'm probably on a woman too. I don't know. I can't speak for women, but, um, and so, you know, I've, I came to a place in my life where I used to kind of almost see myself as the victim of that. And this was even prior to when my dad passed away to where I shifted and I became, well, I don't have it, but I can be it. You know what I'm saying? And I That's felt good, like, man. you know, at that point in time, I was like, you know, that was really the beginning for me to start trying to understand how to lead by example and everything rather than being like it, that I have to be fed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a critical turning point for a man where you really become a man, you know, is like in this mindset of thinking like, oh, I need it to have be given to me versus like, I'm going to go find it on this adventure that we call life. And I'm going to get my teeth kicked in and all that kind of stuff, but I'm going to discover it. And then I'm going to take it, synthesize it, turn it around and utilize it to build other men so that we can fix this problem. And nobody ever has to face this feeling again. That's really good, man. Yeah. And it's a good segue into some of the stuff that I know you've been really passionate about lately. Um, Cause we, we were talking before we hit record about confrontation conflict and how you can it's almost inescapable i think it's always been inescapable but it feels like the volume is getting turned up even more so and what you just articulated i think is a defining feature of men in our society is whether or not somebody is actually bold enough and has the courage to take a stand for what they believe in whether whether it's something that you and i would agree on or not it's just that is the mark of a man right is being able to stand up for what you believe in not being afraid of the conflict the opposition whatever yeah. it might be. And I mean, I get so much flack for talking about porn and, and how bad porn is from all kinds of people, even even Bible-believing Christians. You know, sometimes some, the way we go about stuff, um, we get all kinds of flack. And it's really, honestly, this process, I can truly say it's made me more of a man because when you get conflict and opposition, it makes you question yourself and you have to ask yourself like, wait, do I still believe this? And I've been yeah. able to obviously put, put my stake in the ground and say, yes, I do. I'm not moving on this. Yes, but dude. um but Bro, I think a, a lot of people are getting those opportunities, Corey, and they're not, they're not rising to the challenge, right? And they're questioning themselves. They're wavering. How does, how does a guy get better at embracing these conflict opportunities or these confrontations that are before them? Great question, man. And I love what you just said because this whole idea that in the conflict, you have become more in that because it's forcing you to reconcile your own belief system. And that's a critical point of this is like most men have no idea what they stand for. They're letting culture, which 
I mean, dude, we could go down. That could be a whole, you know, freaking years worth of episodes in and of itself. Right. Because like, it's yeah. so insane. Like, I mean, you just look at everything and it's almost like, dude, you know, am I still like, am I still kicking here? <laughs> it's just like just one big giant nightmare. I don't even know anymore, but it's like, uh, how do we as men reconcile the idea that we let people who don't even know their own gender or anything that's rational, we let them define who we should be as men because it's culturally acceptable we let people who have no idea who they are define who we should be wow wow yeah dude that has to end we have to start coming to a place in our life as men that you're just sick and tired when you go look in the mirror do you avoid it because you're a fat slob you know or do you avoid it because you know that you're you keep doing the thing you said five minutes ago you wouldn't do do you avoid it because you've built a life that you hate for yourself you know yeah. and why do you hate that? It becomes about questions, like, you know, almost like you're you're asking much, much better questions and purifying. Um, you know, it's like, dude, everything is about shifting little incremental things, dude. Like, you know, even getting in shape is not about like making I'm cutting all this off and I'm just going to do whatever. It's like, dude, I'm going to stop drinking sodas for, yeah. you know, a month. <laughs> I'm going to start yeah. drinking beer for this month, for a month, whatever, and then keep going. You know, I'm going to go to the gym. And even if I sit there and just look around, <laughs> you know, I'm in the gym. I'm conditioning my mind to like say, hey, this is a normal path for me. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to yeah. take steps, dude. Uh, you know, like what we're not doing. And to your point on the the conflict and, and having this ability to confront our situation is because it hurts, man. You know, it's like I remember. I was walking my dog. I had this 85 pound American bulldog named Amadeus, man. And I would walk Jeez. him every day. Like this dude made me walk him. He wouldn't use the bathroom in our yard, but like in that, <laughs> I had the biggest blessing of my life, rain, sleet, snow, or Texas, 115 degree weather, whatever, dude, it didn't matter. I had to do it. Right? But what was great about it was in that I had so much quiet time with the Lord, man, you know, in nature, because the area I lived in had all these huge, amazing, mature oak trees that were coming, covering the street, you know, and it was just, I loved it. Anyway, I remember one day, like, dude, I was walking and I remember, like, I felt like God was like, what if everything you think, you know, is a lie, you know? And I was like, huh. and I was like, dude, that would not, that would suck. That would be really hard. And then, you know, really, I started thinking about that. I was like, dude, what if everything that my mom, my dad, my grandma, anybody that I've ever loved or cared for or admired or anything, what if everything they told me was more out of fear to help me be like, keep from getting hurt than it was for me to become the man that I was destined to be? Am I the kind of guy who would rather accept the lie in order to remain safe? And secure or would i rather know the truth mm. so that i can purify my existence and lean into becoming more of the man that i was actually destined to be yeah wow that's the question dude that's the multi-billion dollar question right there you know <laughs> so it's like at that point then it's it becomes a discovery and this is not just like a well everything but this i'm not going to talk about that topic right yeah no everything yeah. is on the table even your mm. faith you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's yeah. like even all of those things. So because if it isn't true and it can't stand on its own two feet, then it doesn't have any place in your life. Yeah. And so you yeah. have to become obsessive, dude, about this idea of being like, why would I ever choose to believe a lie? A lie about reality, a lie about myself or reality, whatever that is anymore. I don't even know. You know, it's like I, yeah. I think we have to and it trains your brain, by the way. 
It trains your brain to become creatively, uh, you know, like strategic about how we view everything in life. You become a better deal maker. You become a better husband, a better father, because you're not just following the status quo. We talk about thinking outside of the box. Very few people can actually do that because that means that if you're thinking outside of the box, you have to be ready to get, like you're talking about, uh, ridiculed by a bunch of people who are clinging to this lie because it is like all that they have about their life, right? They would rather believe the lie than have the truth because it's such a scary, it's like a free fall, dude. And most people are just like, no, I will not do this. You know, it's like, uh, but dude, what in the heck is life? anyway you know like i mean we talk about life and you know staying alive but nobody lives hardly anybody at all really like and living is really just an adventure waiting to be had our time this side of heaven for whatever reason is so minuscule in the grand scheme of things i believe it's more of a university it's this opportunity to go and discover and uncover and build relationships and have dude what is a relationship you know what i'm saying like yeah like god created that for some reason he didn't have to yep like this idea that we're even standing sitting here together on this video and all these people that are listening and your massive following it's like this whole thing of like all these people they're connected around this central theme and this idea and these people that are talking and they're getting something from that you know that's powerful dude yeah 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 it is it is and i i guess what i want to ask you as a follow-up is like in our climate today, everything's becoming politicized, right? Like we're, yeah. we're through the pandemic. Great example of like medical public safety becoming a very politicized element. It, I think it already had that, but it was certainly amplified. Um, mm-hmm. Fitness is becoming politicized, right? Like there's this whole fat shaming movement and all this kind of stuff. And like I, I think we're, we've never been more forced into taking stands or you know, being kind of faced with these things that, that yeah. are, you know, people are asking you to make a decision. And I know for me, like, I, I don't know if you even agree with this, but my stance is like, I only really have an opinion about the stuff I care about. And some people, they're like, well, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I have no idea. You know, I, I don't know anything yeah. about it. And it's like, well, what do you mean you don't know? This is so important. Everybody's talking about it. I'm like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't really, I just don't really care about it. Um, but what, what should people be doing? Cause I think the risk is that we, in our zeal, you know, and guys especially would do this. They'd be like, yeah, Corey, you're right. I need to take a stand. And we start, we start taking stands about stuff that doesn't matter. Or we're so yeah. concerned with like protecting our masculinity and wanting to be a voice that we end up actually losing our substance in the process. Cause we're just yep. taking a stand for the sake of taking a stand instead of really, you know, establishing the values of the kingdom of God and everything else that should be undergirding yeah. that. So how does, how does somebody, I, I don't know, how are you doing it in, in this season? Like, how are you navigating all the, the pressures to have an opinion about something and to, um, you know, to take a stand while also not wanting to be too quiet and submissive to culture either. Great question, man. Like, I think, so you, like you hit on this a minute ago, but like the principles of God, like you have to realize, like, first of all, like for your audience, I know you already exhibit, exhibit this, but there is nothing, 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 nothing more important than like keeping our eyes on Jesus, dude. I've been involved in the political realm for a while, so I could actually pre- speak pretty extensively oh. to this. And I have done exactly what you're talking about. I've gotten lost in that. Right. And I think that that's actually part of this process, you know, as much as I hate to say it is life is very much like a pendulum, man, you know, and it's like, we have to explore as much as we want to try to make it perfect and fit the perfect little narrative. And like, this is the plan. And this is how 
dude, there's going to be a point where that pool drags you into where you kind of lose yourself a little bit. And in that, somehow we find ourselves, maybe. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's, you know, <laughs> I'm still reconciling that in my own mind, so to speak, you know, because it pushes you, you know, the more you push out this way, the further you're going to come back this way. And it's just this constant, like, boom. True. And this is why it is so important to have one, your value, you know, your core values in place. Like, this is what I believe myself to be. And this is why you got to test those first to find that. Most yeah. guys aren't. They're, they're just like, they come, they go to work, they're working, they're taking that safe path to, you know, go to college, get the job. And, you know, I, dude, I talk to people all the time. I own that company, Ricochet, right? Where we sell companies, uh, e-commerce companies to people. And I get on the phone with these people when they're buying. And literally, I would say 90% of the conversations I'm having with people are, dude, I'm making two hundred dollars to $350,000 a year, you know? But I hate myself. I hate my life. I'm tired of wow. making this dude rich. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, they, they don't, they know there's something deeper inside and they want to see it before they die. And they know they're not getting any younger. Right. And because they have taken that safe, secure path, right. Of like, I get to get to get the job, the 2.5 kids with the house on, you know, like the impressive neighborhood and the car and all that kind of stuff. But then they look at themselves and they know that they're playing it safe. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, there's something about this call into what I call the arena, man, you know, where it's like, Mm um the arena you know you look at the roman coliseum bro and like all the the arena was filled with all of these people dude who were sitting there stuffing their face with hot dogs their armchair quarterbacks being like oh if i were down there i'd do it this way you know it's like (laughs) there's nothing like being in the arena bro you know what i'm saying like where you're getting yeah you're getting your yeah i love that quote but there's a quote by uh yeah yeah but the uh the idea that we're down there and we're fighting our way through, you know, and at some point the fight is just to stay alive, you know, and other times there may be a more, you know, like this is for something, you know, other than that, you know, and I think even in that, like the, the fight to stay alive, there's something in there that makes you even want to stay alive in the first place. You know what I'm saying? I think the key is identifying what is that and then reconciling, is this something that's worth living for and if, uh, or do I have my alignments out of, out of line, you know, and then like, if I do, then what, what is, what is something more pure that I can implement that in, you know, it's always about the questions, but to get back to your point of like, how do I do it? I think it's just a matter of control what you control, right? Yeah. Can't control and forget about the rest. You know, that's something I had to learn later because I used to find myself getting all worked up about everything, you know, and it's like, oh, I had to have an opinion about everything. And I spent a lot of time thinking. Yeah. And I think about every angle. I love thinking. Honestly, if I could spend all my time, I'd probably just disappear in the woods and read and write and think and <laughs> just be a complete hermit, you know. Uh, but on the flip side of that is like that that's unhealthy in and of itself. Right. You know, you have to have an activation component of this. You can't just be the dude on the mountaintop with the big beard, you know, sitting there like come to my (laughs) wisdom. Right. There's just like, there's this conqueror inside of us. That's like, now we need to go test, you know, we got to go see if this works, you know, and life is just one giant experiment and adventure, man. Like, so so in that, yeah. and, And if we take it like that, it becomes way more fun, you know? And, it doesn't mean you're not going to have times where you're just like, dude, I can't take another beat down, you know, like I'm so tired, but like, this is the man in the arena. He's yeah. going to get his teeth picked in, right? He's going to fall to the ground. 
And he's going to have a decision to make, dude, when he's laying there bleeding and, you know, wanting to cry or whatever he does in the the dirt, you know, is yeah. he can either take, you know, sit there and take whatever comes next, which is probably going to be a sword through the back of the neck, you know, <laughs> or he can clench his fist, grit his teeth, let that fire come into his eyes and say no and yeah. stand back up and come defy, on. dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, move, yeah. you know, like, go, go, go. And, it, dude, we are at a tipping point. You mentioned this, like, in our country. In our families, dude, we are getting attacked from every single angle. And I, I've come to realize a lot of this is probably more spiritual warfare than it is the physical side. True. But and I'm still like digging into that and trying to understand that more and like how is this, you know? But I, I guarantee you, there is like goes back to how I train my kids, dude. There's nothing more important than that relationship with Jesus Christ. Understanding the power of the Holy Spirit and inviting that into your life. And then yeah. realizing that all of this is really just the matrix, you know, I mean, everybody <laughs> talks about that, but it really, it's, it's a, it's a, um, a physical reaction to how we think, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like all of these cameras, this phone, this mug, this everything started in somebody's imagination first. Then the ability to create that started in somebody's imagination, the process for doing that. And it was developed over years, over years, over years, yeah. where you and I think it's just normal. And the way our whole system is created, everything that we utilize, this pen, all that, is just the way that it is. Like, so yeah. for us, but it doesn't mean it's the only way, you know? Yep. And I think, like, we've got to kind of press into that. And I can tell you right now, like, evil is not the way, dude. Yeah. You know, so, like, our standing bind is letting it happen because we don't know how to engage it. And that's really, like, that's the other thing is learn capabilities, like, Go learn, sign up for a survival course. You know what I'm saying? Go take a class on how to make a knife or, you know, uh, how to do your finances or whatever else, like constantly engage, like expansion, you know? And yes. in that, when you're put into situations like angry men, like, you know, and guys who are addicted to pornography, a lot of times that's just an expression of um, not knowing what to do next. You know, like mm, we're bored. Wow. And, and it's really just a lack of capability for doing the thing that they really want to do. And they don't have the belief in themselves that they can, or they don't know how, you know, yeah. or they want to allow them. They, and they kind of just take the default, which is like, eh, I'm stressed. I'm going to go, you know, da, 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 you know, whatever. And it's like, it's, that's what it comes down to. So become the most capable man that you come and then equip your kids to be the same so that you can end this cycle of bullcrap. Yeah, yeah yeah so okay you just used an interesting phrase like helping guys or for a guy to become the man he is to become and i think you touched on it earlier i think i think the way a guy actually becomes who everything god made him to be is by a willingness to take risk and yeah. i i would argue that in our society today you know for whatever reason i think security and convenience are overvalued and so whether it's financially, you talked about professionally, how a lot of people, a lot of guys get stuck in, in jobs, you know, that they get paid well and they get, they get a decent lifestyle, but they know there's more that they could be doing. Um, I think people get stuck in relationships. I think people get stuck in communities or living near families or all yeah. kinds of stuff in the name of security, in the name of convenience, familiarity, uh, whatever it might be. And I, I certainly was that person. I still am that person in a lot of areas of my life, but I'm learning to find comfort and find joy in living life on the edge, quote unquote. And it's not that I'm 
becoming some radical extremist about anything, but it's just, no. it's just questioning like, oh, why do we do things this way? And maybe there's a different way to do it. And when someone gives you a challenge or you read a book that, you know, someone thinks so differently than you trying to figure out why do they think that way? And maybe I can, maybe there's something I can do here, you know, just trying to be a little bit more open to taking risks. And I, I guess I'm wondering in your journey, man, because the way you're describing life is not how most people see life. You're talking about life being this adventure and, and it's fun and you get to kind of choose your your path and your outcome. And I think a lot of people are hearing that and it's like going in one ear and going out the other because there, there's it's not registering for them that they could really have that kind of life as well. Have you always been yeah. like this, Corey? Or it, uh, were there things that you went through so that you became a little bit more open to taking risks? Because I, I think this is actually a pretty big deal for guys to become everything God made them to be like you were talking about. Yeah. That's dude, you are great at asking questions. Now I know why you're so popular, dude. Yeah. So the, uh, that's a great one, man. Like, so for me, so I started out on a path. I didn't graduate high school. You know, I mean, I had zero vision for my life, but I mean, in terms of like what I wanted and honestly, I was the kind of kid who failed my way through school. So I always kind of thought like maybe, you know, um, you know, I loved being outside. I worked construction when I was younger, you know, and I was building things with my hands. But when I was in school, it wasn't because I didn't comprehend the material. It was literally because I would spend the entire day just looking out the window and drawing. You know what I'm saying? Like I spent yeah. my life in this this zone in my head early on, you know, of what could be. And I was always pretty creative as a kid and all that. That doesn't mean other people can't become, you know, that. And like I always thought that it's funny because I was kind of thinking about this before, but I thought or before we got on a call this morning as I was working out. But I was like, man, my path, there was a lot to that where I felt like the odd man out where I was like, there's something wrong with me. I didn't see it as a gift. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see uh, my perspective. And I wouldn't even say like, I mean, because I went down the path of like kind of going wheels off. You know, I always craved adventure, man. I mean, I jumped out of airplanes. I've gone down category five whitewater rafting. I rode bulls <laughs> growing up. You know, there's all this like edge that I was like seeking this adrenaline rush, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think in that, you know, it was more about the experience to me. And I think, you know, this concept of gathering experiences, like it gives you data sets you know, to be able to analyze things from it gives you different perspectives. And like you're talking about on this, you know, when somebody doesn't agree with you, you know, like, instead of getting all, you know, whatever, and offended about it, like try to understand why, you know, and it doesn't even you're not going to become them, by the way, like, I think that's everybody's fear is like, when you open up to hearing an idea, you're not necessarily if you come into it from a perspective of, of understanding as a as an as an evaluator man like a scientist who's trying to get this concept of whatever down versus yeah. like mm, yes i should do this because culturally you know it's the right thing to do and i should just accept your way of life and uh, no i'll hear you out i have love for you but if you want to come down to it you got your thoughts i got mine and i will go to battle for mine because i've <laughs> put them through the ringer they're not idiot thoughts that I have just because I was told to have them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yes. I have, I'm constantly like going to war with my own thoughts on this thing. And I think this idea of adventure behind how we live is in a way like how I've had to look at life. You know what I'm saying? Because it can be so hard sometimes when you put yourself out there because yes. you're not going to win them all, man. You know, and there will yeah. be times like I was talking about on this arena thing where you get knocked to the ground and you don't want to get back up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. Or you've been 
sabotage or you've been like some you know person that you love and trust and all of these things like like takes advantage of that or you know when you think differently dude i mean you name me a single person in history who's thought differently about the way things were that wasn't ultimately crucified for their belief system and then ultimately <laughs> yeah. proven right you know what i'm saying yep. and celebrated later after they died yeah. usually. so what yeah. kind of man do you want to be do you want to be the man who falls in line and it's just easy 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 or is it you want to be a man who stands for something and uncovers things and gets the dude i mean i have revelations when i'm out in the middle of the woods you know about stuff and i'm just sitting there going like oh dude i mean it's like <laughs> the, the simple things like when you take time to just comprehend you know things around and it's like whoa dude like and it's a gift it's like there's nothing dude that i've found that the not the world the fabricated world of what we exist in can give you in terms of joy that will even compare to the joy of that kind of you know mind revelation you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i think that's the the journey when you realize that and you have a taste for that dude it's it's, it's all over man you know yep I agree, man. I really do agree. And I, I guess that that's a really good point, which is that um, a lot of what you're even talking about, you said you don't believe it because somebody told you to believe it. Like these are things you've ironed out, you've had to work through, you've had to chew on them, you've had to question them. And it's funny how afraid we are of that. I, I remember when I, um, a huge part of my faith journey was studying biology in university um, mm. because the, the whole science faculty was so atheistic, right? Like the idea of being yeah. a Christian was kind of mocked. And I was, you know, I was 19, 20 years old. Like I was just a kid, but I had grown up in the church. And um, this was where I had to figure out, like, do I actually believe what I've been told my whole life? Or was this whole thing alike, you know, kind of like you were yeah. saying. Um, and I think a lot of um, a lot of people would be scared of that. You know, they're like, oh, I don't want my kid to be exposed to, you know, the the secular thinking or, or atheism or whatever. But it was really actually going through the doubting that I solidified my beliefs. And I was like, oh, no, this is why I believe what I believe. Like I found God in that process of working through my doubts and working through really well-articulated arguments by some very smart people in my faculty. Um, <laughs> but you used a, a word that I really liked, which is revelation. Um, you know, having revelation from God and the importance of that. Can Can you talk a little bit about somebody who – or talk to somebody who's listening to this who's like – Corey, I hear what you're saying. So there's, we need to know what's true. That's very important. We need to take a stand for truth. And then we also need to have revelation that it's true. It can't just be true because mm -hmm. Sathya or Corey said it's true. There has to be a revealed component where God is speaking to us and, and making it known that, that something is true. Um, how does somebody start to delve into that whole arena? What, is, what does it mean when God's revealing something to you? And what does it look mm -hmm. like? And how could somebody replicate that? Dude, I just want to be on your podcast all the time. These are great questions. <laughs> but I wish you lived closer, dude. We, we can get on the phone or whatever and talk. But yeah, like it's <laughs> awesome to find people that like are good thinkers, man, you know, and like ask good questions. Oh, um, thanks, man. Because it's part of the discovery, man. You know what I'm saying? Like 100%. I didn't come here with a bunch of pre-phrased, you know, things to talk about. This is something that I just lived. So I'm speaking from that. So you're able to bring it out and then I can articulate it. It helps me dive into a new thing right so i love that man sweet um first of all you have to know god's voice you know what i'm saying like that's the True. biggest part of that like and that's not something that just happens overnight you know what i'm saying like th this revelation of life or anything is really it's a, a compounding you know like i was talking to my son a couple of days ago he's 11 right i'm 45 so i was like dude i'm four times older than you 
Right. You think that anything I'm going to tell you, right, is going to be based on, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, just shut yeah. up, man. Just shut your mouth. You know, like, like, not shut up, but you get what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, so what was interesting about that? And then I started thinking about that. I was like, bro, it's not even four times older. What it is, is, is like at 11 years old, I knew what 11 years old was. Then at 22 years old, I knew what 22 years old, but it was compounded based off of what I knew. And then it was boom, boom, boom. And I had all of these tests that I yeah. had done on the stuff that I knew at 22 years old. So it was actually like, maybe I was three times older than him at that point. And yes. then at the 33, you know, then I'm like, that, I'm probably six times or eight or nine times older than him. Now at 45, it's way more than that because the like, especially with me, because I put myself in situations, good or bad, dude, I'm kind of a junkie for the experience, dude, good or bad, you know? Uh, and I think that's a big part of this, man. It's like when you see life as the adventure and it's like, and you believe that God is with, if God is with you, who can be against you? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. it's like, dude, all the spectrum of life, the goods and the bads, that is life. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know what it tastes like on this side and that side and everything in between and kind of understand? And I, I don't know if everybody's suited for that. And I'm not trying to say that as a, you know, like there's something special about me. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of guys that, like you said, do avoid that path. And yeah. I don't know if it like, I haven't quite understood yet if that's just like their path or if that, you know, cause there are certain situations as I mature, I become more aware of there are people that are more suited towards certain things, you know, yes. but I think there's a lot of missing out. So like when my dad died, dude, I mean, like he didn't die like right before I got there, there was this moment where he was like, he was you know in the hospital room hooked up to all these machines and it was like this like this robotic mechanism that was keeping him alive with ventilators and you know lights and yeah sounds I, and i know that yeah i know exactly all of this that stuff, scene. Yeah. and then the next morning they literally you know from what i understand about how that whole thing went down is they cut him open they took his heart out they kept him alive artificially rebuilt it because it had to have like some parts of it you know that were uh they, they had infection or whatever that had to be taken off. And so they had to do that and then put it back on. And I hadn't seen him awake to that point because they had him sedated and all this other stuff, which is interesting, by the way, because all of this was part of that experience. The night I get the guy or the day I got there, everybody had left around maybe like 1130. And I wanted alone time there because I was like, dude, the reason why is because, dude, I grew up with my dad calling Christians Bible thumpers and da, 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 And, like, he's not a Christian. I knew it. You know, well, as far as, you know, I had any awareness of. Sure. And, uh, and I would talk to him about stuff, but I never, like, blatantly was like, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you know? Like, ever, <laughs> you know? Because my dad's a smart, smart, smart guy. Very intimidating in some ways, too, you know, and all that. But he's laying there, you know, just you know and all that doo -doo, you know and i'm like calling this other guy that i know older guy and i'm like dude i don't know if my dad knows the lord man and i didn't i don't never at this point i had been through so much with my dad i didn't feel like his son i felt like a man that was responsible for helping lead him to the lord you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like that's what it yeah. felt my presence there was like yeah. and dude later that like probably around midnight i, I was talk, talking to my buddy and he goes, dude, you got to trust the Holy Spirit on this. You know, he's an older man. And I think it's super important for us as men to have older men, oh, younger yeah. men and peers. Right. So we got to be teaching. Yes, yes, we got to yes, be learning yes. and we got to be dude, chiseling, man, like iron sharpening iron. iron sharpening. Right? You yeah, have yeah. to. Those three things have to exist if you want to become all that you were created to be. And they have the central theme of all of those is they must be Christian. Like, dude, nice. must. 
like if you're going to let them into your inner circle it doesn't mean you can't have other people you know around you that aren't that you're impacting but your core group must and i've had people push back on that and oh you're one of those christians or whatever anyway <laughs> five track uh dude i went in there and i grabbed my hands dad for the first time in my life that wasn't just a handshake or something you know and i held it and it was super freaking awkward bro like i am not gonna lie he's laying there you know <laughs> you know and i'm just like this is like i'm holding the dude's hand you know i'm just like this is like i've never done that in my life you know maybe yeah. with my son sure. uh, and i'm like speaking to my dad who's just laying there i have no idea if he can hear me or anything like that and i'm like uh dude here, here's what you need dad you know like dude i don't know if you understand how severe this situation is or if you can even hear me and i prayed you know on the front end you know i was like god you know let him hear if he's if he can hear like please 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 you know because i don't know if he's gonna make it out of this or whatever and so i start talking to him and i just like sharing with him i was like look i know that you've done the best that you know how to do in this life and i I don't have anything against you first of all like anything and i hope you'll forgive me for anything that i may have done to you to maybe ever cause a wedge or anything like that um but this situation demands that you pay very close attention to what i'm about to say next because there's a great chance that you may not make it out of this alive and I'm not speaking that over you, but I need you to understand that there is a very real here and now. And if you don't like what you choose to do from this point forward is on you, but I am not going to walk away from this, you know, like as a man who didn't do what I knew I was supposed to do. Yeah. I didn't want to do this, dude, by the way, like personally, but yeah. I knew I was supposed to. Like I was being, like, you, you feel the power of the Holy Spirit and you're like, Ooh. I mean, just uh -huh, resonating uh -huh. so hard, right? So, I'm grabbing his hand and dude, I start walking him through the prayer of salvation, you know, and dude, then at the end of it, and I felt like this, this like intense, like emotional surge, you know, after that, dude, and I start singing oh, yeah. praise music to him in the room. And wow. it was super weird because it's the middle of the night, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just sitting in there singing to my dad, like, I don't <laughs> sing to anybody, dude, you know, but I just felt compelled, you know, uh, and uh just to to worship god you know what i'm saying and like in that and then that was it dude and about 20 minutes later my aunt came they're like light, late owls or whatever night owls and we're sitting in that room we're talking and i was like yeah dude i just like went through and i told her because you know, this is my mom's twin we're very close like she's like my mom oh know? i got so, you okay okay and like i'm telling her and and i and i did something and i have a tendency to like raise my voice and I go boom and I'll slap my hands together because I've learned that it can be a pattern interrupt for conversations that helps kind of like regage a conversational and I did that dude and he goes Whoa, like that my dad like he he heard it and I was like whoa dude like he actually huh. probably did hear what I was talking about now whether or not wow. he could comprehend it yeah so the next morning dude like he comes they had the surgery or whatever he comes out and he started kind of waking up you know and it was like I studied my dad because they had this heater on him like his blanket that was like hot air it was blowing hot air everywhere and all that to warm him up because they had cut his cavity open and filled it with ice to slow down his system you know yeah and like dude so he was having to heat up and then they couldn't give him any water and he had these tubes and all this and he opens up and he's like <sighs> and it, you could just tell he was an absolute torment and i felt like it was this glimpse of what hell might be like you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying because it was like he was parched he had had his body he's probably sore if he could even feel it i don't know what kind of meds they had him on but you know and like his body being like just blazed by this this massive blanket of hot air just blowing all over him and he's like 
you know, like that. And he was like trying to get me to give him water. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. And this is the first time I've seen him with his eyes open. And dude, I wish I could say there was this moment of like, did you hear what I said last night? That there wasn't. I just sat there and stared at him. Yeah. Because I didn't know how to, re- I didn't know what to do, dude. And yeah. I didn't, like, I, I couldn't even be like, I love you or anything like that. I just sat there and stared at him. And I was like, dude, you're tough. You'll get through this. You know, the same way he kind of handled me growing up a little bit, you know, and I'm not yeah. saying that I was trying to do that on purpose. It was just like this thing of like, you're yeah. tough. You'll get through it, you know? Yeah. And I've come to see that as a gift in a way, you know, since uh, of this whole thing, I ended up getting a call later that night and he died, you know? And so wow. it was like this weird thing. And it was like, everything slowed down there. Um, anyway, this conflict thing, you know, going back to all of that, that's a long story. And I'm, I hope that that means something to anybody out there listening. Cause I've never, I'm really glad you shared it, man. It I'm glad you shared yeah. it. But the conflict side of that was like, I didn't want to do that. Like, I didn't want to like have to go, you know, do that with my dad, you know, in so many ways I was angry because I felt like he should have been the one that led me to Christ. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. um, you know, or saying, I love you. Like I barely heard like maybe three, four times in my whole life. My dad said, I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, wow. and, I'm not saying like, poor me, I'm, I've learned to understand it now. And before though, I always kind of helped. And I see these people, they're like, well, my dad doesn't love me. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, bro, when he dies, you're going to have a completely different reality. Like, true, you know, it, it, you would be blessed enough if, to take a step back and try to understand like why that is going back to understanding people. Now yes. you might yes. be able to salvage this and actually have a much better outcome of this situation. And you have yep. one the heart of your father, dude, the, doc, the guy who brought you into this world, dude, and recognize yeah. that he's just doing what he knows how to do, man, you know, and he's probably scared, like, as a dad, I don't know about you, Sophia, but, dude, I'm scared of all kinds of stuff, dude, all the time, like, all the time, yeah. and I hate that, because I don't see myself as a scared person, man, but I'm like, you know, it's like, there's things that, when I see somebody, and God's like, you know, go, you know, do speak this word over this person, or something, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to, man, that, you know, like, I don't feel like it today or whatever else, or if it's like, uh, you know, me and my son, he's turning 11. So he's kind of starting that pre or he's 11, but he's uh starting pre puberty. Yeah. You know, and I look at all the stuff that's going on in the world and I'm like, I'm so frustrated because I'm like, dude, he, I can't even let him just go ride his bike off and the, you know, like we used to do as kids or, you know, or like play video games without the worry of something popping up on there. That's like, I know that they're trying to take his mind. I'm like, dude, it's like, I have to be this freaking hyper controlling person, right. To make sure that like, I'm protecting my son, dude, and my daughter, you know, and like, um, but I don't like, I'm, I'm scared for their future. You know, I'm scared that whenever I go through something in business and I don't know how to handle it, do I even have what it takes, you know, to navigate this? I'm scared that, you know, like, dude, will, you know, will the monetary system collapse and will I be able to feed my family or will we all be living on the street? You know, like stuff that I probably shouldn't even be thinking about, but it's like, at the end of the day, I do, you know, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, I can't take it back. Now I can move my attention to the things that matter. And that's what I'm always constantly working on. But, you know, yes. the thing is, you kind of have to just suck it up. Yeah, and you got to move into it, and you got to be like, nope, you're not doing that today, and you got to, you got to reckon, like, dude, make yourself capable, and know, like, you know what, if that does happen, I have skills, I can make money, you know, and they don't always have to be digital. I can, you know, I know how to cook really good, you know, I love to cook, you know, 
Yeah. Um, so worst case scenario, I can go, you know, pick up a, a dead rat or something and we can all feast in it. No, like, <laughs> <Everybody>, yeah. <laughs> a squirrel over there in Texas. There you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, let, let me ask you one, one last question here. We'll start to wrap. And I do want you to talk about the show because you're, you're, you're hosting a show that is, um, is about to get some pretty serious recognition, man. And I would love for people who are listening to go check it out. But sure. I want, I want to ask you one more question before we talk about that. When you look at the next 10, 20 years, you talked about you have a son who is going to become an adult in this world, who's going to raise his own kids in this world. And I have to imagine you're, you, you sound very contemplative. So I'm sure you've thought about this night and day anyway. But, uh, the, the standard question I would ask a guest is, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the next 20 years? What, is, what are things going to be like for men? Um, and are, are things going to get better, worse, whatever, whatever? Um, that question is too easy, man. You, you think deeply. So I want to ask you something a little bit more, uh, refined, which is, what do you think is the most important quality for a man to not just to survive, but to really thrive and extend the kingdom of God in this world, in our current day and age, in the next 15, 20 years? What, what's the one attribute that you think if a guy can have this, he's going to be okay? Adaptation fueled by identity, man. Like, and I think that mm. the, uh, your ability to adapt to situations like I raise my kids like CIA spies, bro. Like I'm constantly <laughs> seriously like I, I read everything I can on how to create that mindset, you know, and I don't mean in that like, oh, we're going to go sabotage it, whatever. What I mean is like, dude, if you think about the concept of a spy, right, and like this idea that they can be thrust into the middle of foreign nations, dude. <laughs> With yeah. zero support, you know, outside of a few little connections here and there, out, nothing but their, and when I say adaptability, I kind of already assume that capability is already built into that. Yes. Uh, because capability is really, you know, the essence of it, you know, but your ability to like adapt to a situation when you walk in, it's like, you know, it's cool to be like your own, like I'm hardcore this and I am this way a lot. So it makes it a little harder to be adaptable <laughs> sometimes, but uh, you still like, dude, if I can go into a room and I can kind of almost chameleon myself to the environment and like be fluid and creative and have fun, I think we have to look at the world as this an adventure because it keeps us artistically inclined, uh, mm. to be adaptive. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like when we're stressed, we're like rigid, you know, and it's like, very robotic. you know, when we're just having fun and we're capable and we can walk into any environment and I know that I can build relationships with everybody from the guy serving the food to the dude leading the party, you know, like I know how to do that. Like I've yeah. perfected that skill. I'm really good at building relationships, you know, yeah. all the way down. And I think that's a key part of this, my ability to communicate. I didn't always used to be able to articulate anything, dude. My yeah. voice, I spent so much time being ashamed of my voice because it drew attention. I didn't like that. I had low self-esteem for my voice that I'd walk into a room and I would either mumble or just not talk, you know? Oh, wow. And then there was this point where I was like, I got tired of watching everything that I ever wanted slip away from the palm of my hands because huh. I wouldn't step up. Yeah, right. That's what happens when you don't speak. The girl, out. the light, the car, the job, the house, whatever it is, anything that I ever wanted, would only I would only get to a certain place because I let my fear of what I perceived to be reality become greater than the thing that really was. And so, yeah, your ability to be capable and then your ability to adapt in any situation. And that's just something you have to test and put yourself out there. I go to the art museum a lot, the modern art museum. Yeah. And dude, cool. I'll like 
like whenever I'm stressed, you know, or like, I feel like I've kind of hit a wall. I'll go check out art that offends me, dude. I'll stare at it until I get it, you know? And it's like, wow. Uh, and I tend to get like this download of like absolute jewels, man. I mean, like huh. gold all in that, that, you know, and I don't tell anybody I go, I mean, I, actually you're probably like, I, everybody I know, maybe the third person I've ever told that to, you know, but it's like, I just go and like disappear for the day, dude. And I'll just go like contemplate art that offends me you know and yeah. stuff that inspires you too you know but yeah. take as many things as you can in. it gives you you know experiences relationships times where you're talking with awesome people like you you know and and uh great food and uh you know things like that and moments where you're just like admiring your kids playing in the water at the lake or something you know and the sun beaming yeah. through your kids hair and just like really contemplating that moment as like something that it's a very odd thing that it exists in the first place. Like, dude, we're nothing but skeletons, nerves, and flesh, bro. And we're over here, like, communicating love to each other. That's the weirdest thing if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It is really true. It's it's cool. I almost can't believe that you mentioned – or that you said adaptability. I wasn't expecting you to say that. But I've done um, – like, in all the – on all the stuff I've read in the last six months about business – about uh parenthood about marriage um finances like every the the one thing that i'm i again like these books are covering tons of subjects but the one thing i'm taking away from all of them is that importance of flexibility which is something i naturally don't do i'm naturally very much like give me the principles mm -hmm. give me the framework and like i will honor it you know and i'll i'll, I'll yeah. do it by the book and um it's so cool that you just mentioned that. That really hit home for me, man. Thank, thank you for saying that and the way you you articulated it. And you're also clearly the embodiment of your message. Like I think even um, like not just going to the art museum for the day to to clear your head or whatever, but finding the art that offends you and and wrestling with it. You know, like we talked at the beginning about the importance of being able to confront things. You know, confront the uncomfortable mm -hmm. things because that's where the real value is. And and that's cool that yeah. you're consciously doing that even in an art museum. That's just it's amazing, man. I'm so impressed. Um, Thanks, I, I want you to talk about your show and, um, and, and some of the business stuff you're up to as well, in case people want to find out more about what you're up to and, and maybe plug in a little bit. What's the best way for them to do that? Oh yeah, man. That's great. Thank you. Uh, and by the way, that was super honoring, man. So I uh, appreciate that very much. The oh, show is called the bro show. So it's kind of, <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, I think, you know, I don't know what people's perception of that is. If it's like, Hey bro, you know, like we got surfboards hanging out or what's going on, but it's actually a pretty sophisticated realm. Um, it's on a Christian conservative network. So, but you know what, going back to the whole art museum thing, like, even if you don't believe in that path, like we talk about things, we've had conversations. We had uh, a couple of guys that were me and another guy, Joshua first time, who's kind of a controversial figure in the world, you know, like uh, of things, which is fun because okay. he brings up things, but then, uh, but we had like the first or second show, we had these two guys come on, both black guys that we started talking about race, dude. And it got heated, dude. Like, I mean, on this whole thing. And it's like, I love this stuff. I love digging into it because dude, nobody talks about this stuff. And that's why we get manipulated by these tools that we have in our governments, you know, is because we're not allowing ourselves to explore the reality of it for ourselves. And we don't have our own thoughts about it. So we yeah. let the media and uh, everything else define it, you know, and then we end up getting caught up in these things. So we're having hard, tough conversations. We're laughing. We're having great insights. I mean, dude, we're brutally honest about stuff. We share everything. Um, cool. And I think that's something that you really do well, you know, is like kind of getting into this world of pornography and do the effect that it has on men. 
and not in that good way, right? And not just yeah. men, but their families, their kids, the future, the world around us when we sedate ourselves through things like that. Um, you know, it's not a judgmental thing. It's a thing of like, dude, this is not, how do we want to live our lives like sedated by and, and you know as addicts i mean that's essentially what it is like dude you're no better off in that situation than the dude running around the neighborhood scratching his neck with crack around his lips you know what i'm saying like or whatever dried mm. lips you know it's like yeah it's the same yeah. thing yeah it's just a different way and it's accepted because it's like well it's our natural drive well so you know so is you know yeah. like a lot of stuff that you know does it serve us though does it help us become the best possible version of ourselves? does it create opportunity for me yeah. You know? Yeah. Not unless you're like a, a drug lord that's trafficking kids, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever else, you know, I mean, it really doesn't. So that natural drive that we have in us. Anyway, we talk about all that stuff on the show. You can find that. It's called a family network. It's an app. You can download that. That show is actually going to launch, I believe, on September 1st. Cool. But it's going to have uh, a ton of cool people there. And then, yeah, in terms of what I do, I've got uh, Ricochet Acquisitions. So we actually work with um, a lot of men is primarily, but uh, there are some women in that too. It's not because I only go after men. It just seems to be the nature of the world of that. But e-commerce acquisitions, like if you're really wanting to step into an arena and you want to see what you're actually made of, and you're that guy that I was talking about earlier that wants to just see what they have inside of them and wants mm -hmm. to take it out, you got some cash squared away and you're tired of making your boss rich and you're tired of you know, going to this kind of almost this prison that you've created yourself, not knocking being an employee at all but there are some people that are just like they know like dude i'm destined for more yeah. starting a business is an absolute nightmare i've done it many many times and you know <laughs> i could i can uh, attest to that yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's not, not easy it's work just, yeah no it isn't and when you buy a business you're already coming into it with standard operating procedures you're getting a system you're getting long a brand that already has existed you're getting a product that's already been tested a lot yeah. of the hard work that's already been there and in most cases, there's a lot of room for growth on these things. They're making money. You're buying already something that's cash flowing. And in most cases, most of our stuff within one to two to three years, you're already making your money back. Plus, that's not even counting any scale or anything else that goes along with that. So it's cool. a much, much better way to run a business. So. I love it, man. I love that. So we'll, we'll put links in the show notes to both of that. Uh, this interview is going to come out in October. So your show will have launched by then. And so oh, we'll good. make sure that people got a link to that. Oh, but Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but dude, I just want to say I really appreciate you, man. Uh, this was a lot of fun and I love what you're doing. Um, and I, I, I say this to my audience all the time. I really look for guests who I don't really care if they have a good message. What I'm more interested in is do they embody the message that they're preaching? And dude, you do that so well. It's so obvious, uh, from, you know, all the conversations I've had with you and especially this one today. So thanks for your time, man. Really appreciate you. My pleasure. It was a blast. And, uh, man. Hopefully we can do more of this stuff in the future. I mean, regardless of whether it's me bringing you on the show, which I would love to do. Uh, but I believe in your message. I believe in the impact that you're doing. And I believe in the necessity of and the importance of the message, not just you doing it, but like, yes, like guys, what y'all are learning. Sophia can only have an audience of so many people like you need to be out there preaching the same thing. Like take what he's showing you and teaching you. And go out there and create impact. Like this is how we do it. It's one person at a time, man, and yeah. lead by example. So oh, go get good. them, man. You're doing a great job. So Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate you, bro. And thank you again for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. 
Well, that was a privilege and uh, a really cool interview. I really appreciate Corey. Love the boldness and love that voice, man. Unbelievable. Um, go check out his show, The Bro Show. Uh, AFN is the app. So I believe if you download that, that's like the Family Networks app. And then you can access the show there. And if you did, uh, if you heard his his little pitch at the end and you think Ricochet acquisitions might be something uh, to, to check out, this guy kills it. You know, I, I, I know a little bit more about his business. We didn't really get into that very much. But just from my experience with um, with the, the Brotherhood, um, he, he, he knows what he's doing and he's, he's really helping a lot of people change their financial futures as a result. So uh, again, I know that's going to be for a very small percentage of you listening, but if you are in that demographic, go check him out. Uh, for the rest of you, uh, what I want to remind you of is that we have a program here called Deep Clean that helps men systematically resolve the roots of porn addiction and other sexual sin in 120 days or less. And if you have not participated in what we're doing here yet, but you know that everything you've tried up until this point is not really cutting it and that you probably need a little bit more focused help, you need a system, something you can just follow, and you want some world-class coaching alongside you to help you make a complete recovery, then I think you should check out Deep Clean. There's a link in the show notes for you to book a call with someone on our team. Clicking on that link, you're not going to sign your life away. Yes, you're going to book a call. There's no charge for that call. And then you'll be directed to some videos that will give you a bit of an understanding of what we do and what it looks like. The call is designed to see if you're a fit. And just to be upfront, probably about 30 to 40% of the people that get on that call move forward with us. The other people, it's just deemed it's not a good fit and we don't move forward. And that's totally okay. So it's very low pressure in that way. You have nothing to lose and tons to gain because you're going to gain valuable insights. You're going to get a better understanding of your own story. That's a lot of feedback that we get from those calls, even from the people who don't move forward. And in the best case scenario, you'll get a chance to join our program. And like I said, to make a full and complete recovery in really probably what is the most efficient way possible on the market right now. So the link is in the show notes. We'd love to see you there. In the meantime, guys, much love to you. Thank you so much for watching today. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast, and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.